To me, my podcast listeners, welcome to another installment of the Domovec Show. We want to wish you guys, wherever you are, whoever's listening to this, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We hope you are doing well, staying safe with your family, friends, whatever it may be. Us two, me, and of course my awesome co-host Dylan, want to extend our Christmas holiday uh, greetings towards all of you. So, Merry Christmas wherever you are in the world. That's right, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy, happy Kwanzaa, or Blessed Kwanzaa. This, what, what, is, what is the actual, like, greeting for, for Kwanzaa? Is it Happy, Merry, like, I don't know. I don't know, I've never known. I've only ever done Hanukkah and Christmas, but whatever it is with Kwanzaa, I hope you have a good one. And obviously, New Year, I'm ready for 2020 to be over, right? Yes, now. I, I completely agree, and, and whenever this podcast comes out, we'll only be like three days away uh, from the New Year. Uh, so, so hopefully That's next right. year, you know, brings in some more, and we'll, we'll get to it, but uh, for right now, uh, I, you know, I'm thankful for your, for your presence here. Uh, on this Christmas Day, and again, yeah, yes. I just want to shout out to all of our uh, amazing listeners who are listening to us, and hopefully yes. you guys are having, or did have a great Christmas as well. Yes, definitely, definitely. Best wishes to you and yours. Now, Dom, when you told me, hey, I want to cover three books, I was like, okay, cool, maybe they won't be too hard of a read, but <laughs> no, this was a lot to read, and after reading it all, I was like, okay, now I see why he wanted to do them, and, and so, like, boom, 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 because they all are kind of a little connected, aren't they? They all sort of are, and again, that's a great thing uh, about the X-Men line, is that all of these stories, in, in one way or another, are interconnected with each other because of the flow of the X-Office, and also because we are not covering that many issues in retrospect today, guys, we're only covering... 11 issues plus a four-page short story today. And, and with that, let's go ahead and talk about what we're going to be talking about today. Today, guys, we'll be covering Empire X-Men, X-Men Fantastic Four, and X-Factor number uh, issues number one through three with the Dawn of X crew, Chip Zdarsky, the Dodsons, a whole bunch of other artists, Laura Martin on Colors 2 for XF4, and of course, Jordan D. White editing the whole line and Braver and all of them. So there is a lot of guys, of course, over here doing the collaborations in tandem with another. And yeah, with that, let's start off with Leia Williams' X-Factor. Diff- new era for, of course, the new X-Factor. Let's talk about them for, for a minute, shall we? Yeah. This was, um, this was, a uh, okay, well, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, not seeing Peter David's name on an X-Factor book was already kind of like, what's going on here? What, what, I'm not used to this, you know, I, he's been writing X Factor since forever, he wasn't the original writer, but he, he did so much, he brought in, he did it in the late 80s and 90s, and uh, pre and post uh, House of M, and even the all new stuff, so not seeing his name on there was a big kind of like, oh no, but the way that they in- integrate it is basically that they're, they're the investigation. They're the ones that help find missing mutants and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was a really cool angle to kind of play, and I love this team. Yeah, read Peter David. I actually looked it up. He wrote something like 174 issues of X-Factor, which to me is just insane that a, that a writer so long sort of defines that but like you had the simonsons when they of course the team was first introduced and then david uh, took over a little later and he was essentially the only guy on that book for so long that's like oh wow different writer different voice interesting yeah and i i thought i thought they did a good job though i i thought 
it was it it was a new kind of tone. Every everything is a new tone, really, in this era of X Men stuff. So it, it didn't bug me that that it kind of was like less kind of noiry, less like mutant hate, and more like let's try to find these missing mutants and and get them home. You know, and having Dakin on there, oh my god, that was what a crazy what a crazy character, and I love what they're doing with him. It's crazy to me because Dokken has... I know that a lot of people sort of don't like him because he can be a bit of a rage ball. He, I, he was Wolverine for a little time when he was on the Dark Avengers during the Brian Michael Bendis era of Avengers, obviously. But yeah, I like this sort of a little lighter tone for him, if you may, sort of with what Williams is doing with his character uh, and his role in the team. It's different again. It's a different sort of undertake, but I dig it. I I don't mind it. I think it's an interesting way to write around, write write him. I should say after him being again the, a fit of rage for as long as he's been a character in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I love. There was a scene that he has where he talks about why he doesn't wear shirts. He's like, I don't. First of all. Uh, temperature doesn't bug me. And second of all, I am a perfect specimen. Like, look at all these abs. Like, I shouldn't cover them up. <laughs> and he's got those tattoos, too. Like, he's got those tats. He's got those tats, man. They go, they go for, they go all over, apparently. He made it very clear that in canon, his tattoos go all the way down. Hey, you know what? I, I'm not complaining with a shirtless Dawkins. If he wants to express it, like, again, everyone expressing their way and being who they are, I think it's a strength of the Krakoan era and just seeing how many or how much of these mutants are able to, you know, just be themselves. And hey, if Dawkins wants to just roll around stride and shirtless, showing his tats here and there, I'm, I'm all in for it. And I, it's, it was a fun Dawkins to read. I, I, I legitimately believe that. Definitely, and and just doesn't stop there. You got Northstar, you got Eye Boy, Eye Boy. What a is that a Morrisonian character? It seems like it. I want to say that. Okay, so Eye Boy, I believe he was no, he was Jason Aaron, Nick Bradshaw of Wolverine and the X Men. He's one of the newer guys who's oh. come around in the two thousands. Yeah, no, like you'd think, right? Like you'd think. He would be Morrisonian because of this, the, his design, the weirdness, right? When you think of Morrison, you often think of crazy, over-the-top weird. Like, guys like Glob, guys like Kid Omega, the Stefford Cuckoos, like, have weird sort of characters. But him, like, he, yeah, I, I was surprised. Like, I, I went back and I was like, oh, I've seen him before. But he, I didn't know he was, like, that recent. He's Jason Aaron, 2000, early 2010s X-Men. Interesting. That's re that's really interesting. The first time I saw him was Age of X Men, and I had no idea who this guy was. He was in a, a the random Apocalypse one, and it was just I was just like, okay, this is cool. He can see on all the spectrums, like every spectrum there is possible to be seen on in the universe. He can see on it, and he could see because there's eyes literally all over him. He could see all around him, and that also brings me to the point where. The writing was kind of like more on the fun kind of comedy side because there's a scene where when they introduce iBoy, he's literally putting googly eyes onto Crocs that he's wearing. All right, 
Him just wearing Crocs alone is hilarious, okay? And then he's going to put googly eyes on them to go with all the eyes that are all over his body. I just thought that was a fun little quippy kind of thing. And it kind of goes with the theme that uh, Peter David has put. Like, no matter what, even with all the seriousness, there's always just a little hint of comedy in, like, everything. Just a little bit. And that's that's where this writer really exceeds. Like, he's done a really good job of, of, of towing that line of serious and comedy, you know? Because they're, they're trying to find hurt and lost mutants here, all right? They... So, it's a kind of a serious thing, but, like, let's throw a little comedy in there to lighten the mood, you know? I agree, man. I, I completely agree with the iBoy stuff. Like, I, like the, with the way that he sort of looks at the world, I kind of, com- like, you can kind of compare it to, I think, a fly. You know how a fly has literally, you can literally see from, you know, what, 360 degrees in terms of that angle. And I can only imagine, like, someone like iBoy looking at the world in all of these different spectrums, lights, angles... I think it's just a really cool thing. Now, to someone out there, it might look weird, sort of like if you see Nightcrawler for the first time with blue skin or something. They thought, "Oh, guys, that guy's weird." But I think it's just a cool thing. I don't know. I think I find it a cool power to have. Just like, oh, he can see this and this in a different sort of light. Sort of gives him more of a undertaking like if he needs to investigate something. I think it it's a really useful power. Definitely, uh, he definitely plays a huge part in in the forensics team, to say the least. <laughs> for sure you know what i i actually want to highlight my favorite part of issue number one and i think this is what i'm the most excited for in terms of leia williams x factor can we talk about the polaris magneto moment in in that issue i was like this is kind of what i want to live for the family stuff okay i know that magneto of like course you love the family stuff <laughs> of course you love the family <laughs> i do <stuff>. i do <laughs> I love, okay, it's like, we both love Magneto, we both love to read Magneto, you know, him and and this bravado of excellence, of power, of strength. I think that the underneath that guy is, he's just, he just wants to have peace. At the end of the day, he does, and and Polaris being being his daughter, and all of that, and, and she comes, and these two sort of have a quiet, serene moment with each other. I really love that. I was like, if I can have sort of more of that showing of Magneto being soft underneath all of that white armor and, and Polaris, of course, you know, that, like the family, the bonding stuff over there. I really, really loved that part in X-Factor number one. I was like, I want more of that. It is really touching. Definitely, definitely. And also, like, let's really talk about the dialogue where she's like, Dad, can you describe my personality? And he's like, no. She's like, neither can I, you know, and that's what I need to go off and find. And I just thought that was a really good kind of thing because her personality's always never been truly kind of defined. It's always kind of been piggybacked on, on her drama with her father and, like, having this power and having to be in his footsteps. And uh, I just think that it was a really cool moment. Like, we're not only going to, we're going to find out She's going to find out about herself while we're learning about her. And that's that's a cool thing that writers do. You know, like, it's it's building them together. You know, we're, it's, as she find. what I'm trying to say is this. As she's trying to find herself, we're there with her, helping her find herself. And it, it's, like, kind of a cool kind of, like, let's bring the audience with us on this journey thing. It, it was a little tiny thing that, that stuck out to me, and I really liked it. I did too, man. Like, well, I think what Leia is trying to do with, with the term, in terms of, Finding out one's identity in a book. And this is, I think, if she can hit these tones as the run continues, 
I'm going to be very impressed with, with what Williams is doing here on X Factor because not only is this a book about uh, finding the lost or missing mutants because they're dead and working with the five, this is sort of also a book about self-identity, finding one's worth, finding one's characterization, finding out what makes you special and, and what defines you as a person. Not only if she can fi figure out the yeah, let's let's do these deep investigative works and, uh, and figure out what what the heck's wrong with the resurrection protocols, but at the same time, doing the awesome character work and and finding out what makes these characters special and why they should all shine and, and all that is gonna be. I think it'll be a hit for a lot of people who is who are reading the Hickman X line. That I that to me I think is a strength and the potential that this book has going forward. It's just again the identity of oneself and and exploring that. It's it's I think a beautiful or just way to sort of be introspective about all this. It is. I'm totally on board with it. it it's definitely got my approval as someone that's a hardcore Peter David head. Uh, I definitely, definitely, 100%, and I'm on board with X Factor moving forward. I really am. This is this is a good book, and it should. It's a great addition, like you said, to the X line, and an important one. You know, and that's the cool thing about this is all these X books all have their place in in not just like the lore and the storytelling, but like in the actual country of Krakoa, you know, and that's what's going to make all these lines so important is like, how are we going to make something that actually is important for Krakoa? Because cool, we can have a story where Wolverine fights vampires, you know, whatever, you know, but we need to stop that's important because the vampires are starting they're trying to rebuild their nation so now we're talking about nations of krakoa and vampires at war with each other and that's why that's important you know and so it's that and so we have we're having lost and missing mutants and we need to be able to figure out where they are and and, and study and basically be like um the fbi you know the missing persons uh, department of krakoa it's 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 great i'm I can't wait to see what they do with this. You know, it's so much. It's so awesome. Before we leave on on that note, can we talk about uh, Mojo? Uh, because we do get a little two parter, and I know you love Mojo. No. You so want to talk Mojo? Let's not talk about Mojo, okay? Let's talk about WWE wrestler Shatterstar, okay? Let's talk about that. Oh my God, I. I'm so here for that. I'm already a big Shatterstar fan. He's dope. He slices people up. He does. He gives zero Fs, as they say. And the, the costume, because everything's all reality TV and live streaming and all that stuff. That's what the Mojoverse has, has turned into, which I think is hilarious, as I am a live streamer, like, professionally. That they brought that into, like, the X-Men stuff. So I thought that was really cool. And it totally works. And and it, that's, that's what's so great about, like... The X, the Hickman's X Men stuff because he's making it not just like cooler, but he's also making it relatable to the world today. You know, <laughs> I completely agree. I I really want to see what they they do with the Mojo stuff because I think if Leia got more, we we'll, we'll work around to because this title was cut or the arc was sort of cut off because Ten of Swords happened and crossovers happened. We're sort of need to take off that you know stuff off for a while. I found it fun. I found the sort of uh, modernization of Mojo, and uh, instead of a cable box, now it's oh, you put on like how we have HBO Max and Disney Plus, how we can just live stream. Why not just make Mojo for a sort of like that as well? 
live stream it, put it on <laughs> Twitch, YouTube, whatever, right? They have, I think it's called DSTV, uh, sort of like how they have in Up the votes, comics. down votes, shares, like they're even talking about sharing, like please share the broadcast, every little bit helps. I'm like, oh my God, like I've said all these things while streaming, like this is so perfect, it's so well done. It's yeah, I think it's great, but yeah, like like I said, I think the modernization of and you said like the modernization of uh, the Mojo verse in in terms of reality. That, oh hey, like we're streaming now, like it's it's gonna be crazy, you know, in twenty years, what what the world will be like and how Mojo verse will be like. But for now, <laughs> and now we're in the age of live streaming where you can just put on something, you know, on YouTube or you know, whatever, and just put it on. I think it's a it's a great touch uh, to. How Mojiverse should be now. I think it works Definitely. for today, and, and yeah, so it's. I think that's that's cool. Before we go on to X Men Fantastic Four, guys, let's take a quick little break. Talk more about the Grand Geek Gathering, what they've got going on there. We'll be right back after these messages. To my podcast listeners, the Grand Geekery is the best show for all news on pop culture, as well as a diversified variety of segments conventions and everything nerdy hosted by our very own tyler mcphail and with lamar harris the show runs twice a month and is available on all platforms please go ahead and check it out at the grand geek gathering or wherever you listen to your podcasts All right, guys, we are back here on the Dom of X with your host, of course, me, Dom Torres, and Dylan on the other side. We just talked about X-Factor and how how, how excited uh, we are for uh, the future of that title. Let's talk about X-Men Fantastic Four because there is a decent bunch of stuff uh, that's that's happening uh, in this book. So let's – so Dylan, do us a favor – and and talk about what the premise of this four issue miniseries by Chip Zdarsky is. What's what's its purpose for the X line? Well, it's it's to to speak on Franklin as a mutant. You know, uh, uh, that was always going to come about. You know, they Franklin Richards of the the son of Sue and Reed Richards are um, <laughs> he's a mutant. Um, and now we have a, a world where mutants, okay, are are automatically Krakoans. They have a home. They have a place where they can be. And obviously, uh, this, I think this was one of the more heavier side of the civil rights stuff that X-Men is like the, the main purpose of the, the whole line is to, to speak on injustice and all that kind of stuff. And the way, just the way that that the that the Fantastic Four kind of talk to the mutants, how the mutants talk to Fantastic Four. They're they're trying to have a conversation about getting him there and helping get his powers back and all this stuff. And there's just this stuff like, well, what do you mean? So you guys are better than us? You think you're better than us? And like, we are better than you. And like, well, I'm the smartest. And they're just going back and forth and all this kind of stuff. And I thought it was I thought it was a really really interesting conversation and can be relatable on lots of different matters as as far as civil stuff goes, uh, um, social stuff goes, social justice for lack of a better word, you know. And I I thought Chip Zdarsky was the perfect man to write this book. I think it's really interesting in terms of, in terms of that note, right? Because 
we have a whole entire uh, land, right? A whole entire island where Franklin can roam around free, uh, do whatever he pleases. And if we do remember on on that Omega level mutant list, Franklin's name is in dark. It's in it's in a shade of red. Essentially bolded. It's it's supposed to stick out because yeah, he's a mutant. Yeah, he and this guy bends universes. We've seen him bend universes, and the the power that he has is essentially limitless. And of course, you know, Magneto and Xavier and Moira all want all want him under their protection because of the level of damage that he could possibly bring if something goes awry. I think it's really interesting with the way that 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 Zdarsky wrote the X Men and took it because I think there are many different ways to read it. I know for one, our good friend Mike. Uh, who I, <laughs> uh, definitely had a lot of words to say, you know, as, with the Fantastic Four and the X Men, and yeah, a lot of those conversations were, were striking when when Xavier and Magneto like head into the F four building and they're saying, "Hey, we we need Franklin. We're, we know that you know mutants are the next step in evolution. We need to embrace that." And, and the parents are like, "Yeah," the storms are like, "No, he's our kid. Why do you want it? it's?" It's it's crazy. Well, I, I think it was, I think I think the the that the Richards pointed out that <laughs> you guys want him because you want uh, the, that powerful mutant on Krakoa as a Krakoan. They came to them like we can help him with his powers. We're the mutants. We study the gene. We stu- we know how all these things work. Like there's no place better for him. And they're like you just want him. Da 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 da. And that's where the fighting really starts. You know because. They don't trust that they just don't trust the way that the mutants are going about it, which is I find really funny because all these years they're constantly told to like just chill, just relax. You know, there's some good mutants out there, there's some bad mutants, there, or there's some good humans out there that got your back, but the majority of them are bad and the majority of them want the mutants done. So <laughs> they can't, this is how they have to find their place in the world. And the humans are just like, no, that's not how you do it. And like, really, because. That's how you guys do everything. It's all money and power to you guys. And so we're playing your game. And we just also happen to have real superpowers while we're talking about it. You know? And you don't like that. And that's what it is. It's a, it's a pushback for people that are being have been oppressed for so long. They're pushing back. And they the, the oppressors or the people that are on the side of the oppressors are like, Yo, that's not how you do things. But, like, but how else are we supposed to do things? No other way works. It's crazy. No, it's it's a crazy, insane sort of sort of book in terms of dealing with the ideologies of the two different sides. I think the most not I want to say. Do I really want to say? I think the most egregious part of it is what Reed decides to do because he knows that yes. Franklin uh, can go over to Krakoa anytime because the the gates do register that XG and it's like, oh, you're a mutant, come in. He implants a device into Franklin just to 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 make you know, make his shape make him stay safe. But it's like, oh, like let's let's just stop the brakes there. And Franklin's like, wait, why can't I go through the gates? And you find out, oh, Reed Richards tried to make sure that you know Franklin doesn't go off unannounced. And it's like, oh, okay, Reed. It's it's interesting because we know that Reed Richards it can be a d bag sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This one is Mo- most uh, times. Most times, I'm sorry. Like he's done a lot of good for the U- Marvel universe, but he is a complete asshole. I am sorry. I, I'm, you know me. I'm a Doom guy, bro. 
Screw Reed Richards, bro. Doom all the way. Which, by the way, was awesome scene. I was wondering if, if Doom was going to show up in this book. Hey, you know what? That, that was a pretty powerful introduction. Like, can we can, before we talk about Doom, I really enjoyed the, the Catherine Franklin scenes where the two are just reminiscing. Hey, Katie. Hey, Franklin. What's up? And they're hugging. I thought that was cute. I thought a lot of the, the scenes between those two were awesome. They're shipping, they're shipping on Definitely. the Marauder. And, and then <laughs> Victor Von Doom comes out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, where's your father, Franklin? And it's like, oh, Doomsie's here. I wonder what he's going to be doing. <laughs> I wonder what he's going to be dooming. <laughs> no, but, and that... Yo, Chip Zdarsky to the callback from an old X-Men versus Fantastic Four book from the 80s. You know, that's that was that was dope. And I don't know if that was his idea, the editor's idea. Regardless, it was a really awesome kind of thing that they're doing. Because, you know, with a this quote-unquote reboot, new era, whatever you want to call it, there's still stuff that's still canon. And the way that they introduce it is always just so cool and so light and so just well introduced, you know? I, I just shout out shout out to the office once again you guys are awesome x office like way to go i always enjoy it whenever doom's in a comic especially when a well-written doom is in a comic because i think that it's well fun well a it's fun to read okay uh, a good dr doom will always make my day in terms of me being happy on a on an emotional reading level uh, but b <laughs> um I, yeah but just whatever his presence lights his presence just lights up a room it's like yeah doom's here you know he's he's not here to mess around he's not here to be diplomatic even if he wants to be diplomatic it's like no this is freaking dr doom like you don't just sit down and ignore no you you recognize that presence in the room sort of like how magneto is i think doom is in the same level of respect and and sort of reverence in terms of that, that character, uh, that's 100%, I think, what Doom embodies, and yeah, he has it in this, Dude, he has it in this story. Straight up. And, and he has it over Magneto tenfold. Even with this era of Bragneto, dude, Doom is still just so much more hardcore. Because he, he literally doesn't have to smile, doesn't have to scowl, he just had his presence alone, his being there, a hologram even of him, is enough to put some sort of fear emotion uh some sort of like uh caution some sort of anything because he he's just that powerful of a person we're talking high science guy we're talking high magic okay we're talking about a guy that literally had the infinite power cosmic at one point he he's 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 unstoppable he really well he's stoppable obviously reed richards has done it but he he he's the dopest the dopest of the dope all right yeah, no, no one's questioning that there. And and I think another difference between Magneto and Doom right now is that Magneto may be one of the leaders of the nation. Well, guess what? Doom is the leader, singular, of a nation, Latveria. I actually wonder right now. Doom for- is Latveria. Doom is Latveria and Latveria is Doom, you know? Yeah, all hope lies in Doom. Didn't you read Hickman Fantastic Four? But anyways, it's it's kind of sort of... <laughs> insane crazy just to the level of yeah just garner the respect whenever doom's in you sort of have to acknowledge again the the presence in the room and and how the x-men 
because again they need to bring franklin home they're trying to communicate him psych is trying to get through to franklin and franklin's like i think i'm just gonna chill out with you guys here and yeah it's hey man like the fights in this and and how they sort of and again the x-men versus a fantastic four and all that sort of insane crazy to how like how far sometimes people will go to get one home or not if if you want to call it like that right yeah no great great read don't know why it took me so long because with Doctor Doom and Chip Zdarsky alone, I should have just picked up the book. Like that's enough. <laughs> that's enough there. I'm, I'm very. It was a very, very good read. Very good ad. Very good kind of thing. And I, I like. I want to see more of these little, just sides, short side stories. You know what I'm saying? Like let's let's get more of just little tiny, like little four issue kind of five issue things. Just throw us a little side story. You know, and that's that's why I appreciated Empire X Men, which I was. I want to let you guys know right now, I was not really interested in reading at all. And Dominic says, oh, no, sir, we're reading it. And you'll you'll know why once you start reading it. Well, yeah, it's crazy. I, I enjoy stuff like this all the time because, again, it just makes the Marvel Universe feel bigger, feel more connected, and, and bringing one and one together and putting it and making a decent, you know, decent something out of it. Uh, the best creators often do that, and it makes you feel for the characters a little more. Uh, we should say, though, but a couple more things before we we head off uh, with uh, the story. The first one is that Franklin uh, does eventually, you know, the, the the Fantastic Four and Franklin eventually do decide, you know, on a consensus that, hey, Krakoa might not be that bad, so he's getting schooled there. Uh, and and that's the that's the biggest thing. It's like oh okay, Franklin. You know he give a last hug to his mom and dad. He doesn't want they don't want to let go, but he has to. And that is an interesting part, eh? Uh, Franklin. Well, at the time that the book was a thing, decides hey, uh, there's a, something bigger out there for me, and he goes to school in Krakoa. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know that's the cool thing about the whole with the whole idea of the gates and everything. He can still go and visit his family. He's like, hey, I gotta go to dinner, and Peace is like, dude, it's eleven a.m. He's like, not in New York. Bye. <laughs> oh man, it's awesome. The second one, and I, I was talking with again our good friend friend Mike about this. The scene is that Xavier and Magneto sort of. I think you could argue they step over the line with this. They go into the Baxter build and head into Reed's lab. Xavier mind wipes him uh, because they, we find out in this in the series that Reed Richards makes a device where the mutant gene can sort of be shut off, if you may. Xavier's just like, no, you don't. We, we I completely rid you of that memory. You're not going to erase the mutants. What are you doing? And the two just leave and destroy the, the blueprints and... They just wallow out. Yeah, dude, totally. I and he's well deserved, dude, because Reed Richards is a dick, and you know they could have really tore him apart if they wanted to, but they didn't. He just said, "Look, I could have even wiped you from the idea of me wiping this idea from you, but I want you to know that I took it from you because that's what you deserve, you dick." <laughs> I'm paraphrasing <laughs> at that point. Yeah, you 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 are. Uh, but I think another interesting part in that is. Uh, well, Reed Richards' mind is 
I don't know how, like, I was talking with Mike about this. I, I don't know how to, like, sort of explain it. But it's his mind is fluid in the way that he can retain knowledge. So, like, even if it's wiped away, something with his powers can can actually get that information retained and, and back where he sort of needs to. So I will find it interesting if someone, say, later down the line wants to use Reed Richards again. And I guess they sort of have to because he's Reed Richards. You just try to put it back in place. Oh, I remembered what I was doing now. I don't know. I think it's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I, that's that's what I guess it cup sort of comes down to. Yeah. Will Will the memory ever come back? I don't think so. I think the way I think it's kind of done like how a hack would be. Like no matter what, there's always something that's gonna block it from coming back. It's like it's there, but it's never gonna come to fruition. And even when he tries to remember it, it's always gonna get put back down to the bottom. You know, like a literal hack, like an information hack. <laughs> Interesting take, interesting take. And and the third thing is that, again, at the time of this recording, uh, Dan Slott, who is currently the writer of the Fantastic Four ongoing, has just retconned uh, Franklin to not be a mutant. In Fantastic Four number 25, which you and Mike convinced me to pick up, I got the Doctor Doom Art Germ cover. I love Art Germ and his cover. They're awesome. I love Doctor Doom. Uh, that issue had Franklin trying to go through a gate, didn't work, and then the next issue we find out that, oh, Franklin was never a mutant, which does put in holes, and whatever you want to say of it is whatever you want to say of it, because I think there is a lot to go behind there. Now, Hickman has, I think, has, uh, Hickman has written around many retcons before. In fact, he has retconned many things before uh, in his own writing. Right. Uh, I think I still find it interesting in that, well, A, if you, if we both read the short four-issue story, uh, incoming, where it was in the X-Men tray, and I had you read it just before we read this podcast of Mister Sinister looking at all the codexes of the Omega level mutants, I think that if Hickman wants to ride around the Franklin retcon, there's something between that smile of Sinister and him holding up Franklin's DNA on that island. I think that. There is potential there for a story, and Hickman is hopefully going to make something great out of having the Codex of Franklin and his DNA on the island. What do you think? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, I like to speak to like more about what Mike was saying. Like, Franklin has the power to warp reality. Okay, he wanted to be a mutant, so he made himself a mutant. He gave himself the X gene. If his powers are getting reverted and drained. He's not he's not a mutant anymore, so that that could be taken away. But in the time where Sinister gets his DNA, we have Franklin Richards' DNA with the X gene. So it's very possible to have a a Franklin mutant. It's 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 not a it's not a crazy thing, you know. It's again, I think the best writers uh, when the, when opportunities are taken away or stuff happens, they will often work around it, work with it even to create a better story out of it i hope that well, there again writers I hope, will right. good writers will good writers <laughs> will i have all my faith in, in jonathan hickman for for hopefully doing something out of the storyline and and hopefully whatever or he dan had slot for that matter dan slot even you know both right? of them are both very gifted very talented so i i have i have good i i've hoped that something's going to come from this and it's going to be really awesome we we do know that he, he still has his powers because in canon 
from the history of Marvel Universe, he's at the end of the Marvel Universe with Galactus. So he can't just be billions of years in the future for funsies. Like, he's got to have his powers back, right? Correct. And how, again, Hickman and Slot will make out of it, we shall have to see. But again, hopefully the pieces, hopefully the pieces will fall into place here and there and and we can get something great out of it. Because again, the, the best writers will often use those uh, storytelling blocks, uh, walls, whatever you may, to create something great out of it. So to hope it uh, and... Yeah, for, for hopefully for, for more X-Men Fantastic Four interactions to come as well. Definitely. I can't and, wait yeah. to see what they do next. I can't wait either. And before we talk about Empire and the X-Men and how the Katati affect the X-Men and all that, let's hear a word from our host, the Grand Geek Gathering. We will be right back on the Dome of X after these messages. In a world where all the largest pop figures in life are superheroes with capes, how about all the creators and characters who don't fill the spotlight as large as the others? What if I told you that there was an awesome podcast dedicated to the best creator-owned comics out there? Guys, Indie Comics is a show specified for all your indie comics needs. Self-publishers, branched-off creators, and small company powerhouses all come into play with them. Please go check out their show on the Grand Geek Gathering and all podcast platforms. That is, again, Indie Comics. Alright guys, welcome back to the Dom of X. This is our what, second break. We just talked about two stories. We're going to talk about our third, alright? And this is Empire X-Men written by literally the entire Dawn of X guys. <laughs> it was like three three writers for essentially every issue except for the last one, which was all Hickman. Yeah, that's you know what? I want to talk first about the Monet, Angel, and Magic stuff. Because I think... I th- those interactions were fun. Like when they when they first popped in and and they're eat, and I think Monet's eating. I thought those interactions were like oh like oh snap like we got two characters doing fun stuff over here and there. I thought I thought those interactions were fun. Yeah no and I I like the I like the team like that's just an awesome team you know that I don't think I've ever seen them together Magic Angel and Monet I mean come on. I mean that that was awesome and the way that they play you know. Um, the whole, the whole idea. I I love the angle that they say like we are. We come from this. This is where we're bred from. This this like old money corporation kind of type guys. This is what we thrive. This is what we know how to do. But we've never been able to do it as mutants. But now we're able to do it as mutants and help other mutants. And I thought that was a really cool thing that they brought about. I mean, obviously the little back and forth between them were great. But that that was something that I thought was really kind of awesome to kind of see, you know, how everyone, you know, everyone has all these gifts on Krakoa as mutants, but they also have other gifts. They're they're also, you know, blacksmiths. They're also, you know, investment bankers, essentially. You know, they have all these different ideas and they're able to use that or all these different talents and skills. Uh, and now they, they have the ability to use it. Speaking of investments, uh, they're talking about. Of course, our good friend Sunspot, who was just in space 
with the New Mutants trying to get Sam home. And now over now all of a sudden, we have a couple of these guys talking about X-Corp and what the whole premonitions are of this office team. I think this is sort of interesting because this is sort of like a mini tease for a later book. Hickman already confirmed that we're going to be getting an X-Corp ongoing. We don't know who the writer is yet or the creative team, but he did confirm a couple of weeks ago that we will be getting an X-Corp book. I think that should be starring Manet, Angel, and Sunspot, a couple other guys. I think that would be a really interesting read. Hey, like... I like how Sage. Obviously, yeah. Sage is going to show up at some point because <laughs> she's in every X book. <laughs> she is. It's, she's going to be like, "Hey, Transit," and Angel will be like, "Oh, I'm I'm here for uh, yeah the book that we all were talking." I I don't know. I kind of find it how it's like sort of a little meta tease of, "Hey, we we know this book isn't out yet, partly because of COVID, partly because uh, scheduling and all that." But hey, we wanted to tease it here anyway. I thought that was, I don't know. I thought that, that X-Corp drop-in was pretty cool. Just to, to put in like Hickman saying, hey, uh, we're adding another uh, X-Men book to the title. Uh, for all of you people who are spending all my mo- all your money on my X-Books, uh, well, here's some more money to spend on something. <laughs> I don't know. I find it, I find it interesting that they, that they drop it in like that. So nonchalantly too. Right? Yeah. Just like real simple, like, hey, by the way, guys, you're going to be spending some more money here pretty soon. <laughs> and you're going to like it. And you're going to like it. Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we do like it. You know, one thing I liked about this issue, I like Xavier and Magneto popping in for the first one. And they're talking about like Xavier's like, oh, like, yeah, we can't launch F-Corp yet. Okay. Yeah, we can't launch X-Corp yet because we don't have enough good mutants, which I find that ironic because I, I know why they haven't launched X-Corp yet because reshuffling, shutdowns happen, all that. Magneto is just over here, like, right there. They're, essentially what is happening is the Katadi, which are these evil plant-based people who the Korean scroll are fighting in space, they drop down on Earth, they drop in Wakanda, they're like, oh, uh, we got stuff here to do, blah, 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 blah. And Magneto's like, hey... Uh, Angel, uh, or Angel asks him, you know, uh, well, we need to make sure that all the gates are working properly, this and that. And Magneto is just like, well, you can only take one more person with you. And Angel's like, no, I need Manet and magic. And Magneto cuts him off again. And he's like, let me inform, don't, I'm laying down the law. You can only take one more mutant. And then... (laughs) Jamie, Jamie Madrox, multiple man just pops in. I'm like, yo, if you need one more guy, let's get a guy who can literally turn into a hundred guys. Be all the guys, which I'm so happy to see, dude. Oh my God. Because when, when, when they basically use him as like, just like the janitor of freaking Krakoa, I was kind of disappointed, but seeing him being able to like go out on missions and, and do stuff and be be the Jamie that we all know and love was, was really awesome, you know, cause he's a funny character, even in his like darkest, deepest introspective moments that Peter David has written for him, uh, still was just hilarious. And, and it was, it was still great to see him and they, they played so well. And we got to see, if you remember, not just their mutants coming back, but some villains coming back. That's yeah, that's correct guys. In X-Men number three, we all, found out that a, a sort of 
squadron, a team of old ladies, team of old lady bioscientists, the uh, horticulture, the plant people, the, the plant eco-terrorists, the eco-terrorists, whatever you want to call them, they come back. They come back in this in this mini event, uh, and hey, and they're they're here and they're, they're trying to figure out like what are you guys are you guys here? How'd you get through the gates so easily? And it's like, oh, all right, we're gonna have them back in this, and it makes sense because the plant people, the Katadi are plant people. It's a plant invasion and all this and all that. And yeah, what better way to put it than a bunch of eco terrorists who want to mess up the the system and make sure everything's back and working with with, with they've got going on. Oh man, and you know what? We're completely burying the lead here. We're, we're like setting everything up to talk about the characters. But let's talk about the most amazing joke that the X office came up with. Okay. So the, the plant people, they, they end up, they say like, okay, we can't do anything in Wakanda. So let's try this other place. And they go to Genosha. Okay. Where everything, where all these mutants have died. And about 29 days before that, there was uh, our good friend, or actually not a good friend, I can't stand her, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, <clears throat> decides that she's going to try to resurrect all the dead mutants, alright? And so, we now have six, was it six million? Something crazy. Millions. Sixteen million dead mutants in Genosha from, yeah, million. sixteen. Sixteen. Sixteen resurrected zombie mutants, Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have the Katadi, we have the the mutants, the dead mutants brought back to life. We literally have, are you ready for this, Plants vs. Zombies. This literally is just Plants vs. Zombies X-Men style. Right? Like, this literal mini as, wow, we got zombies. You got, so, yeah, if you are a zombie fan, if you like Plants, if you even like the game Plants vs. Zombies, this is a perfect mini for you. There's a lot, I think, the, the fights... Yeah. They're pretty decent fights. I liked them. They were fun. The fights were... Everything was great. Everything was great about this. I I wasn't really into the whole series in the first... The whole event in the first place. Uh, I I thought it was just... um, I was just like, another one. Here we go. Standard formulaic Marvel event. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. But the X-Men book was really freaking good. And it didn't feel like the Empire event. It felt like an X-Men book. A proper X-Men book. I agree. And you know what? My, my favorite character who actually bunches in this isn't isn't Warren. It isn't Monet. It isn't Ileana. It's actually Kurt. Kurt Wagner, our good bud Nightcrawler, who is making his religion in the corner. Well, he jumps in. He's like, Ja, my Fraulein. Talk, start talking in his thick German accent. Whoever wrote him in that awesome German accent, shout out to you, by the way. Uh, fun, fun, fun. He just pops in. He teleports in. He's like, well, you need a blue guy here. Why, it might as well be me. And he's jumping around, shooting his gun, and he's got his wicked smile. I love Kurt, okay? I, I, I love him just popping up in this. He's so much fun to read. So much fun to just, just witness him. Just, hey, I shoot some zombies down. My father, I, you know, I, I find it awesome. I find it dope. Yeah. Great, great Nightcrawler content. Great, great uh, Jamie content. Um, I mean, Monet, Magic. I mean, this was just around a, uh, a, a 
it shows that a whole team of of ex office writers wrote this because it's just perfection across the board. I was just so happy with everything. Uh, even bring even like the the stuff that went on with Explodey Boy. Like the whole time, you're just like, why do we have to deal with this like this random kid mutant dead zombie thing? Like, and then it, it total has without giving spoilers to everyone because I really want you guys to read this. It pays off. It really does, and on so many levels. And I, I just loved every I loved every every page of this one out of the three that we read today. For the or of the three books that we covered series, whatever you want to call them, I'd have to say the Empire X-Men was definitely my favorite. For sure, for sure. I think another important thing that comes out from the Empire X-Men event, and we'll get to the meat and meat of it, and to why I believe, or, this, or why it hit the most for me out of these three books. Uh, we, the, Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Beast, the guy who runs X-Force nowadays, he gets a bit of the horticulture technology in his hands. I find that thread interesting. It's like, all right, we got these plant ladies set up, and they're here in this book now. And Hank McCoy, well, he gets... He, he figures out why they were able to get in the first place. I find that, yeah. hey, like... Shutting those, bio bitch, shutting those biotech bitches down. What Beast is best at. Re-engineering stuff, figuring out how, and and he's so he's he's becoming such a spy now that he literally stole their technology right under their noses, and I, I'm I'm really liking this beast. Like this whole beat, this this new beast is he's not new. He's the same guy, but like just the the way he acts, the way he does everything is just so dope. He's just so dope. Everyone's just so dope. It's written so well across the board. Good job, guys. Good job. I just keep saying that, like every podcast. It's like, good job. I can't wait to see what they do next, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm a broken record because I love this stuff. Yeah, man. I, I, it's, it, this was a fun read for Beast. This was definitely a very fun... If you like Beast, if you miss some of the classic old Beast but wanted some of that post-Morrisonian Beast injected with him, this is this is your thing. I think there's enough moments in this book for him and, and, and again, sneaking his way through and getting some of that tech Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff for our good old friend uh, Hank McCoy uh, in this issue. You know what's also weird, man? The the lady or the magic demon Ileana. Or the, the <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Yes. And that's going to be tough. Like, might as well. If you're going to have fun with this issue and be as wacky weird, like, why not try it out, right? Hey, yes. like. So, yeah. <laughs> so on board. So on board. Oh, my God. And now I'm totally... I didn't think about this, but I am totally shipping Magic and Nightcrawler. Like, let's let's just let's right now more of that. <laughs> the angel and the demon. Like, I'm oh. <laughs> like, well, he's not really no. Like, they still call him the devil or whatever. But he's he, we all know that Nightcrawler's an angel. Like, for real. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, in terms of being. Well, as as far as righteousness goes, he's he's definitely if he's not up there, I don't know who is because this guy, well, used to be a devout Catholic. You believe in in you know forgiveness of sins and, and the cleansing of one's soul, right? So yeah, it, I I'd call and yeah, it's sort of one, right? It's it's crazy, but yeah, I I was reading the last issue and Ileana gets on and he's and she's like you're my slave and she's pointing to Exodus and Kid Omega and Mr. Sinister 
and yeah, it, that totally that totally had freaking um, half baked vibes. Like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. But like it was, it was instead. It was more like it was more like you're my slave. You're my slave. You're my slave. You're hot. You're my slave, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy fun, man. I think it's definitely a fun read if you're looking to have a good, a good zombie. Yes. Versus plants versus whatever read with X Men thrown in. Perfect book for you. Go pick it up. It's like seventeen ninety nine on the bookshelves. It's it's just, it's an Worth easy it. find. Definitely if easy you are, find. If you're invested, if you're invested in the X Men books, this is definitely something that needs to be added to your collection. One hundred percent. But you know what? This is that was actually not going to be my main read. Now it is. I think it is a reason to why you should pick it up. Right, fun book. The main reason to why I think this event should be read by most people is who we talked, who you talked about earlier, Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, and as we both know uh, from the reminiscence of House of M and how she's sort of been uh, treated as this villain, uh, this eraser of yeah. of mutant dumb and it is and these parts are, I, I guarantee you they were written by hickman like the doctor strange bits were definitely written by Hickman because he felt like me reading his new avengers run all over again uh and i well first off can i say i always like doctor strange teaching people how to like do magic i find that cool like for a a part of the Marvel Universe that isn't as defined as that I would like it to be because I always do find DC sort of doing better in that department in terms of magical yeah. for genre. lore. And- just for genre yeah. writing in general, they're just better. They always have been. I mean, not right now, but I'm just saying in general. In, the in general. Mm-hmm. But, hey, Matt, like, Doctor Strange teaching Wanda Maximoff how to do magic, like Stephen Strange teaching Wanda how to do this and that with these different spells. I always find that intriguing. I always find it cool when when Stephen sort of shows these guys how to do this bit and that bit. I, I always find it intriguing for characters to learn under his tutelage, like the Sorcerer Supreme, like the literal guy who essentially dominates the magical realm of Marvel, showing Wanda how to do these three. I always find that awesome and fun to read. Like I, I like that. That Definitely. to me is one of the, the 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 most fun parts about the book for sure. It's oh, like Wanda, you want to know how to do this? This is how you do it. Yeah, I totally agree because they they don't have hardcore rules for magic in in the Marvel universe, which drives me very crazy because I am a fantasy head, and so if you're not going and the basic principle of all fantasy is there has to be a source to the magic. Okay, has to be. Has to be, and there's not, there's not the what it. But Dune, what's DC's? DC's got the Rock of Eternity. Okay, so don't come, don't at me, bro. Okay, Rock of Eternity. <laughs> look it up. All right. So yeah, no, it's crazy. I also like the Wong bits as well. Like, oh I know I have. Yeah, yeah. so funny. <laughs> can we talk? Can we talk so about funny. that? Can we? Let's talk about Wong for yeah. a second. What'd you like about him? Oh well, he was just like you know. <clears throat> Steven is basically like, hey, dude, I know you're only in town and we were going to go out to dinner and stuff, but I can't. I got to go save the universe, you know. He's like, oh, yeah, no worries. He's like, oh, you're going to go. You're going to go without me, aren't you? He's like, have a nice day, bro. I'm out. (laughs) I'm not going to have a nice day, doctor. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. And so apparently uh, uh, Wong and, and Strange aren't like regularly hanging out anymore is what I got. I I haven't read. I haven't read a Doctor Strange book 
like in a very very long time so i couldn't tell you i know i haven't either i, I read the first because the last time stranger was written was by doc or mark wade i almost said dr wade i don't think mark wade has a doctorate but uh <laughs> um and then that was fun i, I really like that smug face at the end where wong was just like have a nice day doctor and he leaves <laughs> that was that was really awesome it was fun yeah, guys, the most, I think, important thing about Empire X-Men is just more of a confirmation of where Wanda stands among a mutant kind with Krakoa and, and how she's affecting that line. Because, the you know, Wanda is talking with Doctor Strange at the beginning of the event and Strange is talking to her about, you know, what does it mean for you to be redeemed because you've done this great sin. And and I don't care what anyone says and Wanda fans can at me on this. I, I don't care. Um there's Wanda How's fans it? out there. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh shots man, fired! <laughs> shots have been fired, guys. I know. Like, if you're, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. come up with a name for Wanda fans. Maybe like uh, terrible people. That's what we'll call. It. If you're a Wanda fan, you're a terrible <laughs> person. How about that? <laughs> oh my god! You're, you're a TP. You're a TP. If you if you if you are Wanda fans are TPs. We're calling them now. Canon. A TP. Boom. TPs. TPs. But man, like, I don't care how you look at it. Decimation is just an L for, it's a loss for the mutants. You, I don't know how yeah. else you're supposed to look at it. Like, this is, this isn't something small. This is blatant mutant erasure. Genocide. Yeah. Straight up. Uh, and, and Steven is, and they try uh, to, you know, yeah. and they'll sit there and be like, no, this is a story about a girl that cried and then like drowned all the mutants. But no, that's not what it's about. No. This is her trying to redeem herself from this whole thing. And once again, as anyone will tell you, it you can't erase what you've done. You can only just do better moving forward. And it's crazy, too, because Wanda is just like, I want to figure out how I can be better. To Steven, she's like, yeah, I, I know what I've done. And, and, you know, Steven's talking about unringing the sins upon what you've done and what you bestowed and, and this and that. Um it's and and yeah and, and in her in all of this she tries to resurrect the 16 million dead mutants that did just end up turning into zombies and Krakoa has to yeah, everyone has to deal with them right uh it's it's but yeah the, the the ending for me is just again one of the most it's one of the more powerful endings i think if you if you look at some of the dawn of x titles um where St where uh, what's his name um yeah, and just the, the overall narration of, you know, what the ruins of what could have been, and they're looking at Genosha and, and what happened there, uh, and you know, keep on living, unless you, of course, you can't live with it, unless, of course, you won't, and it shows a panel of Wanda crying as she reads some sacred text, and that's powerful. It's like, yeah, it, it, sometimes you just have to understand the, the consequences of what you've done and, and living with that that baggage and all that's behind you right i think it's yeah just a really powerful ending and it just leaves on like that it's not how it doesn't end on a happy note it doesn't end on a yeah we won guys yeah we defeated all the zombies no it's it's the understanding and realization of you messed up and that's that's sort of what i got from reading empire x-men definitely Definitely, 100%. And I'm glad that you forced me into that. Because I really, I was very like, for real? Ugh. 
Ugh. All right, fine. I'll read an Empire book. <laughs> and yeah, lo and behold, Dylan went off and, and read an Empire book. I'm glad he did. And again, to whoever, whoever is listening to this podcast, uh, glad you tuned in uh, for this post, for post-Christmas podcast. Uh, a couple of things before we do end here, guys. Uh, one is that, again, our, our email list is open. It's at domofxpodcast.com. Domofx at... Gosh. Guys, first thing, uh, if you want to hit us up with an email, say something, uh, give us a comment, leave us a message. Uh, that's at domovexpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us there. That's, again, at domovexpodcast at gmail.com for all of your, uh, you know, whatever you want to leave us, uh, hopefully something good. But, you know, we appreciate everything. Yeah, questions, yeah. comments, concerns, uh, fan mail, hate mail. We want it all. All right, guys. I completely <laughs> whatever Dylan said. Uh, the second one is that this essentially wraps up our Dawn of X, uh, you know, House of X, Powers of Ten, Dawn of X, Ten of Swords uh, overview guide, our, our review guide, uh, us talking about the discussions and all that. And it's been a fun read. And I and looking back on this, again, like I. I only got into Marvel Comics because Jonathan Hickman blew me away with what he was doing for the X-Men. And I was like, if if he could do this for the X-Men, you know, try to reach out, see what other titles we love and we like. And and this has just been you know, the last 20 episodes and overall just the last year and a half of amazing stories, amazing writing, amazing character work by all the folks. And having all the stories interconnected too on a level that I don't think we've ever seen before in comics like it's just been amazing and again like with dylan doing it with you just awesome so so thank you for reading the books with me and yeah this this yeah so we so yeah thank you sir for (laughs) for the for the co-hosting yes no this this has been great this i mean but i mean yeah all all power and everything we're we're just talking about it but the amazing people at the X office are the ones that are doing it and making this amazing and great. And I could just go on. We should, we're we're going to have a podcast where we literally just talk about how much we love each of the creators and the stuff that they've done at some point because they deserve it. They've been working their butts off and it shows. And you know what? I can't wait to see what they do next. All right. And it's the same for me, too. And I want to also thank all the people at the Grand Geek Gathering again for hosting this podcast making sure that we we could keep up and running thank you to tyler for for hosting it and, and letting me upload and all that stuff it's awesome you guys are they're, they're awesome go ahead and check out their site guys like we like i've been saying for the last so many so many times uh, just amazing stuff that they're doing over there Even better than us man like they 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 put in the hard work putting that that blood sweat and tears all into the passion and yeah more comics if you guys want all of that stuff please go ahead Head over to the Granky Gathering. You will not be disappointed by anything guaranteed. Uh, and when we come back, guys, we are going to be talking about a lot of the older X stuff. There's, there's a lot in store. I don't have enough time to explain, but you guys are hopefully going to like it. We're going to be going back in time reading some of the old, X, old X-Men stuff. And again, as a new reader, I'm really excited to get into it. I know Dylan's going to be excited to get into it between this like five, six-month gap uh, that we're going to be doing that. And then after that said six-month gap, when the... Uh, x-men volume threes the the marauders and excalibur and new mutant whatever volume threes comes out and the next wave and the brain of x stuff comes out 
we are going to be covering that here as well. So if you guys are enjoying all this Dawn of X stuff now, wait till you have, wait till you see what we have prepared for the Reign of X Sword and a whole bunch of other ongoings. There's a lot of stuff going on in Marvel. We're excited to cover it. But yeah, thank you guys so much for an awesome 20 episodes and for all the support. And yeah, we'll see you on the island of Krakoa the next time with me and Dylan the next time.